cactus and tumbleweeds and a mile oval of asphalt for the NASCAR Cup Series spring race at Phoenix. All right, man. Have fun today. Have a great day, guys. Be smooth, be smart. We'll be there at the end. Let's have a good day. Yeah, sounds good. Good luck. Another great car. We'll grind all day. Stay with them on the shore. Story up on the lawn. Eight months from now, it's going to be bigger. Treat it the same today. Let's go. Here is where the championship will be decided in the fall. One more tug on your belt. Make sure they get tight. Ready? 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 Great, 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 great. Larson is on the throttle, and we've got a green flag. Bottoms are good. Bottoms are good. Larson Byron, right where we left off last week. Got to the number, up the hill, clear, clear. There's your lead change. One and a half, Larson rhythm. Two wide with Truex. The first time makes you upset if you're Mark Truex Jr. The second time really makes you mad. Off right rear, taking off really wobbly. Four car out back, kind of knife into the field right now. Little free, but not bad. I'm getting too loose. 41, ran him up in the junk. He just just a smear. A smear, there you schmear. go. And here comes William Byron off turn four to win stage one. Good job. It's 10 out of 10 click. Try to manage. All right, here they come to pit road. Five, four, three, two, one. Hard, 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 hard. You got to you know why you have the number one pit stall? So you come out number one. Good stop. Green flag will fly here on lap number 68. He didn't chase you down. You can go back up. Try to cross over bumper. Be ready for it. He slots in behind Kyle Larson. Nice smooth in the rhythm. My grip is so inconsistent. We got a radio issue. You're just all static. Disaster. Go back with whatever you did. Cannot pass with these things. Here comes Byron. He has cut the gap to six tenths of a second. Stay locked in. Keep chipping away. Here comes 11. First shot fired. Denny Hamlin on pit road. This time, if you can make it. This time, if you can make it. Are you ready? Go, 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 go. All the way. Hard, 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 hard. You're going to be William. And that will send Kyle Larson back to the lead. Caution's out, caution's out. In the wall, Eric Almarola. You okay, bud? Yeah. It didn't hit a ton. My steering wheel is just barely off. Green flag. I'll roll here. I'll roll. Stay in line. He's on your bumper. Your ankle. Now. Kyle Larson leaving the field off turn two. Track tighter for sure after that green flag run. Just the nine. Open behind him. Little contact here. Still there, still there, still there. Rolling out there now. He's out there. He's out there. That's <laughs> as close as it gets. Got no idea. Twenty in the stage. Harvick is coming. He's now within less than two seconds of the leader. Really good lap. No, your entry is a handful. I'm in control on entry. It's the rest of the corner. Four more here. Four more. Three off to the 22. Started making some time on. He's actually running the top both ends. I don't give a where he's running. You can only run on five. Leave me alone. Stage checker. Good work. Kyle Larson wins stage two by 1.2 seconds from William Byron. All right, coming this time here. Hard, 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 hard. You got him. You got him. You got him. Good job, guys. It's going to be close. Look at the rest. Larson and Harvick almost put Byron into the outside wall. Hyper third. Come, guys. Starts on you. Green flag goes back in the air. Four, five wide as they get to turn one. You're all clear, all clear, all clear. Kevin Harvick just ran his own personal fastest lap. Doing really good. You doing good. He fights for me, okay? He fights. Yeah, I'm hanging on. Trying as hard as I can. Inside, inside tight on you. There you go. Hit your marks now. The four car just made to pass for the lead. Unbelievable. Why did we run high in three and four? We shouldn't have done that. Go get him. Spin, Harrison Burton. All right, back it down. Go spin around the front. All right, guys, let's do it. 
Larson with two tires. Six spots miss on Kevin Harvick. First on four tires here. Three laps to go. Green flag. Back inside now. Gear but Benham. You're clear. Never seen him go our way. Oh, oh, around. Another down. caution. You in the 24. You're going to be great here. Second chance here. Back to green. All rolling here. All rolling. You see your bumper. You see your bumper. Get your angle. Still outside 24. Still outside 24. Side by side for the top spot. You and him, 45 pushing you. Gonna be clear top. One inside, one inside, still green. The 11 just drove us in the fence on that restart, and then he tried to wreck us right there. He's far with it. White flag, the next flag ends the race. All the way to the line. You damn right. Oh yeah, baby. Go to row, let's go. All right, now we really gotta burn it out this week. Great job, driver. Welcome to TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com and Facebook Live this week. I'm Don Hall here with you guys for another week. And thanks to NASCAR's Radioactive there on Race Hub, uh, courtesy of uh, NASCAR on Fox. You can go on their YouTube channel. You can go on the NASCAR website page and you will find all of the Radioactives there. Uh, The video is amazing. It's always a race recap uh, from the previous week's races, and we just we love using the audio to kick off our shows. It's amazing. So again, radioactive NASCAR's radioactive on Race Hub. Uh, find them on YouTube and on NASCAR.com. Uh, joining me as always uh, every week, he is here with me from RaceDaySA.com. Mike Hegg. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great, Don. Good to see you. And what a week we've had this week. We've had a We've been trying to get this going almost every night, and then, uh, you know, the internet went out on me the other night. Uh, somebody ran into the box down the street and and took out the um, internet in the area. They had to redo that part, and then, the th- what was it, last night when the thunderstorms hit in the Dallas-Fort Worth area? Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, and then um, just we couldn't get it done, so here it is Friday night, and we're Ready to talk some NASCAR racing and other forms of motorsports as well. So that's the beauty of it, though, is, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, on. I mean, we're saying Wednesday nights at eight, but it doesn't have to be. We're not like, you know, held there, you know, under a contract or something that you have to do that. And we have the beauty of doing it more than one night, too, if we want to. So that's, I mean, that, that's what makes it awesome. Uh, Mike, I, I want to get some news out of the way really quick, too, for the show. Um, I know here in a couple of weeks, um, or actually in a week or so, you're going to be out. Let's see. You're going to be on the road for a couple of weeks doing yeah. covering some IndyCar racing, covering some NASCAR racing. I'm going to be covering some NASCAR racing. Tell us where you will be over the next few weeks. Okay, so next weekend I'll be in the um, capital city of Texas, uh, Austin, Texas, for the um, NASCAR weekend of racing there at Circuit of the Americas. The uh, trucks are going to be racing with the Xfinity uh, Xfinity Series and the Cup Series on Sunday. 
three big races. Uh, I understand ticket sales been pretty good for this event. Um, they've been really promoting the heck out of it. Um, every time I open up Facebook, I see something about the Darius Rucker um, concert they're going to have before the race. And so sad. I'm going to miss that. And I've seen, you know, one thing I have seen about this, um, this race Dawn is the fact that there's been a lot of advertising in the San Antonio area on billboards and um, t- TV on the local stations. I've seen some commercials and, um, and naturally on social media, uh, social media, they've done a lot of advertising as well. So uh, you don't really see that for the other races up there. Sometimes they're in f- around formula one, they'll uh, advertise down here, but a lot of billboards around mm-hmm. uh, up and down 35. And uh, well, I saw one even in, in um, Waco the other day when I was up there to see my son, there was one up there in the Waco area. So they're really promoting this race. So hopefully the, weather will be good and the, the um, fans will come out and then the following weekend which is around the april 1st and 2nd the truck series will, will stay in texas for uh at their coda they'll stay in texas to compete at texas motor speedway on a race car that has the uh, ntt indycar series there they're going to be racing as well and that's going to be their second race of the year so um they they just you know had the one at the St. Pete the, uh, the street course there at mm-hmm. St. Pete was it last weekend I believe or the weekend before well, it was two weeks ago I think now right yeah 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 well this this will be two weeks yes yeah so. this will be yeah. two weeks <laughs> I'm all <laughs> I'm all confused I tell you what now that I'm retired I have no idea what day it is half the time lucky <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. retired and I still half the time don't know what day it is. So what's my <laughs> excuse? And the weeks go by so fast, you know, um, trying to keep up with everything. But, um, but yeah, so, so two weeks in a row um, for, if you're a Texas race fan, there's great racing in the Lone Star State. So get out there and watch it. Well, Mike, um, I was supposed to be joining you out at Texas Motor Speedway for the IndyCar uh, race the NTT IndyCar Series race along with the trucks uh, coming to town. But I uh, was making a plan, and we are going to see my son Donovan in Virginia. Well, would you get this? I I don't even know what I'm trying to say tonight. I need to like unscrew my mouth or something, and like just or smack myself in the face or something because I'm kind of like, oh. Anyway, let me start over. So I was going to already be uh, in Virginia. Okay, and uh, a trip to Virginia for a week there to see donovan and come to find out that race weekend is richmond so uh i went ahead and made some made some arrangements and we will all be at the race so i will be at the richmond cup series race that weekend while you were at uh in uh up at dallas or i'm sorry up at texas motor speedway um, in Fort Worth or Justin, Texas actually is. Yeah, the Justin. Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll be doing some double, double header stuff, uh, coverage there. So it'll be fun. Yeah. And we'll definitely do some recording, uh, probably through this way. Uh, I'll have all the equipment with me and everything we'll set up in the, in the media center, but we'll, uh, definitely get the word out and talk about it. And you can do some reports and tell me how things are going and, and I've never been to Richmond before. Um, it's a track I've always wanted to see racing at. So um, I'm I'm a little jealous that you get to go um, to see a, a cup race there. Oh, uh, well, this and this won't be my first time. I've been there. I think 
three times I think I've been there. If not, I know for sure to, uh, two times, but I, I believe I've been there three times. And uh, but I haven't been in about 10 years to Richmond. So I know a lot has changed. Uh, I'm sure in the area and stuff since I was there 10 years ago. Uh, but remember, Richmond is the track that I saw uh, the goat on the leash at in the infield. Yeah. So that's that's my and the first pla- uh, first track that I went to where we had the cheeseburger donut or donut cheeseburger or whatever it was. Yeah, we, so. were at ticket, we were at Ticket Seven Sixty doing the show on the radio back then, and I remember. Um, didn't you bring some of that? Uh, you brought that into the studio, and we had mm-hmm. some in the, in the studio there. You weren't there. You, no. you you were not there that weekend. Dylan Emery filled in for you That's that week. That's right. I was <laughs> off covering a race, I think, somewhere. Yeah. So we, I, I made those, or I tried to concoct something similar, brought that into the studio, and then I made a Texas version of it with a brat as well. Um, so, and the donut was the bun, I guess, basically for the brat and beer at yeah. ten o'clock in the morning. So, hey, you know, never too early, is it? No, it's not. Not with me. It's never too early. But um, hey, Dawn, um, I wonder at Richmond, um, are they still doing anything like that? Or or, or have they tried something different uh, on the menu? Uh, you have to tell me what's on, what the big thing is now. You know, Martinsville's the hot dogs. Oh, I, I know. And I actually, I've been tracking my uh, website numbers and I'm still getting hits on that hot dog story that Dixie wrote uh, several years ago. It's out of all the stories on my website, people will love that one the most. They've a lot, a lot of people have um, have um, have read that story, and, and and our friend Matt Dillner had. There's a video that he did in there that we embedded in the story. A lot of people like to watch that video. He's gotten a lot of hits on that video too. Well, I love it. That's a great video. Hey, um, in our Facebook chat right now in the comment section. Uh, our, our friend Mike Knotts says he is watching from his race shop. So thank you, Mike, so much. Appreciate yeah. you joining us. And he's got the uh, checkered flag there. No, notice the checkered flag he put there. He he got a checkered flag the other day. Nice. Very nice. Race over, I believe it was over in Houston when where he was. Very nice. You so know, congratulations, Mike. I, I swear, Mike, you know, when it and we, we will start talking NASCAR and stuff. And there's we've got a lot to talk about because we've got Atlanta this weekend. And um, I'm going to check my phone here in a little bit to check the weather situation because it was pouring down rain there in Atlanta. They didn't get anything accomplished today at all. So um, uh, but lots of news. You know, we had penalties come down during the week, Mike, huge penalties <laughs> um, for all sorts of stuff. And so we'll have to discuss that. We'll talk about uh, Will, Willie B, as Clint Boyer calls him, William Byron going back-to-back wins, um, closing out the West Coast road trip. Uh, talk about looking strong. He looks really, yeah. really strong. The Hendrick cars themselves look uh, really, really strong. But they got hit big time with penalties this week. And we're going to we'll, – we'll talk about it. I've got uh, courtesy of Fox Sports' uh, Bob Pockers. Bob has posted some great video up on Twitter. Um, Chad Knauss was available to the media today and they asked all different sorts of questions. So there's about four different video versions of stuff that I'm going to play that Bob provided. And, you know, you and I both say there's nobody better in the business to get your stuff from um, than Bob Pockra. So if you don't follow Bob on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, um, you are not getting the most up-to-date and accurate information from the NASCAR news. Yeah. 
outlets. You, you've got to follow Bob. He is a must follow. He is must follow Don. And not only that, you know, he's one of the hardest working guys in the media center. Um, he, he in the morning, he was like the first guy in there and he's always the last guy out in the evening. And, um, but Bob really, really works hard at chasing down his stories and everything. And he's a really good, solid writer and everything. And, and a nice guy, uh, when you get to talking to him and everything, he's has a lot of insight to things, you know, about racing and everything. So check wow. him out. Definitely check him out. So, um, and then we've got NHRA news. Uh, I know that um, Mike's, Mike has an NHRA smack cast, which we call our, for those folks who are new to the show, we have our track smack radio show, but we also do, and uh, I hate that. We also do what we call smack cast, which are smaller versions. Usually a lot of times it might be a smaller version of the show, or um, it's a, a show that's generalized on one topic. So like your NHRA up, Update or a IndyCar update will be a SmackCast. Or if we do a one-on-one interview or whatnot with one person and we just kind of want to make it uh, just a small little deal, we will do that as well. Mike, I, I show that we have somebody waiting in the waiting room here. Um, let me see. Um, I'm a little kind of nervous. So we, we put out here on Facebook Live that you can join us Um via our our zoom as well and let me see i'm gonna find out who this is um, right. and um because what i would ask of you to do is to make sure that you put your name in there um and you know so if you want to join us put your name in there and also put um you know what it is that you're wanting to discuss with us and we'll get you on just as soon as we can um, but anyway, my point was, is Mike has a IndyCar, or I'm sorry, not an IndyCar, an NHRA update that we will be posting tonight as well. Man, you can tell it's Friday. I am just like, blah. So go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, you, you're not, you, not me, but you, you've been working all week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but still. It's understandable. Like, <laughs> and, and I hope folks kind of take this show here over the next few weeks with, uh, a little bit, you know, give us a little leeway because we are not used to doing our show live. Uh, we're used, well, it's been well, a long, long time since we've had to <laughs> yeah. do a live show. We were used to it, but even then, um, truth be said, I mean, while I would like man the, the computer and stuff, you know, we have a, when we're in radio, we had a call screener. So that's the person that was answering the calls and they would put everything up on the, you know, on our computer screen. So I knew who was calling, what it was they wanted to talk about or whatever. Yeah. And then all I had to do was just hit a button. Um, yeah, and, and, a, and a board operator. And, and uh, we were also had, you know, all those commercials and everything. So we had to get in and out of our segments. Yes. We, we couldn't really elaborate too much on things. We had to really just hit it and move on, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's a little difficult, you know, it's kind of a learning curve here um, on trying to figure it out. And especially since right now um, I'm doing it all just on one screen. And so I'm trying to like, um, Oh, you know who it is. Okay. I see who it is. So it's Matthew. Um, it's our good friend, Matt Kemp. So here I'm going to bring Matt on with us here uh, in just a second. I'm so excited about this. So uh, let's see here. There he is. Oh, hello, Matt. How are you? Good. How are y'all? We are doing well. Thank you. I'm sorry. I was like, who is this? Cause it didn't show your name. At first. 
<laughs> There's no way to chat on that thing. Oh, really? Okay, because I, I I had put something to you, but I guess you weren't able to see it. So see again, we're we're figuring all of this out as we go. Um, it's kind of it's 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 good fun. I feel like you know it's something that. Oh, hey, uh, Matt, Mike not says to tell you hello. Hey, best car owner in the world, right there. <laughs> and, he, and he won uh, this past weekend, I believe. I know. I'm super proud of him for getting that win. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah, he's doing really well in that series. That's that's a fun little series. And, and Mike's been a around a long time. I've seen him racing, man, all the way back to the, the early San Antonio Speedway days. And I believe he raced out at Pan American Speedway a long time ago, I, I, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's true as well. He's a great yeah. person to uh, learn a lot of things from. Uh, you know, fortunately for me, I got to drive for Mike for a couple races, and I enjoyed every minute of it. It's so funny whenever I told Matthew this the other day, too, when he posted something, he posted a picture, Mike, of uh, an older picture back in the day of him driving or something. And every time I I hear him talk about driving or I think about him driving, it just makes me laugh because, uh, Matt, for folks who don't know you, uh, can you just give a little a little info on your height? Yeah, you're you're, you're not exactly a, a, a small little horse jockey driver. Yeah, I'm 6'4 and 275 pounds. <laughs> Hence why he's uh, in his career has uh, mainly now lately as of late, you know, gas man. But, you know, you've you've done some jacking up of the cars, too, in your day, I, I believe. But, um, you, oh, yeah. you know, he's the big boy. He's out there, you know, handling them big gas cans and stuff. And right now he uh, I'm going to let him give his details. But I know this season he's over with uh, Stuart Haas Racing doing some stuff. Uh, tell us, Matthew, where we will find you over the weekend, uh, hopefully, if it's not raining. Yeah, well, thank goodness we're going to have some clear weather coming. We got that cold front coming through right now. Uh, but, yeah, on Saturday, we'll be at the Xfinity race with the double zero car of Cole Custard. And then Sunday, the 15 car of J.J. Yaley. Oh, so with J.J., huh, on Sunday. Oh, yeah, it'll be a good time. Yeah, I, I JJ's always fun on the well. He in the past, there's been times he's fun on the radio to listen to. So um, that that'll be a lot of fun. And then Cole, I mean, sh- that kid's hot. So you know, that's a that's a good good car. I, it's it's different for you. Let me just say that it's been a while since you've been on a competitive car. Yeah, it's been a long time on an Xfinity car. Um, last year when we ran the trucks with Nice Motorsports and Cars and Hosts Bar, you know. We made it to the playoffs, but this is coming to a whole new organization that is very well known, um, has a lot of good things going for it, and we'll see what we can do with the Xfinity Series. Yeah. And and Matt, w- before we go any further, on a more personal note, I need to congratulate you on the big news that you, with your significant other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the last time we talked to you. Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, it's coming quick. We're getting married in November. Uh, I mean, we're just t- counting down the the months. So that's, that's it's great. wild. Yeah, I asked him the other day. I was I got all I was like, all right, so when are the babies coming? And he's like, no, that's going to be a while. It's like, oh yeah, y'all got the two dogs anyways. That's that's enough. That'll yeah, keep so it's actually eight months to the day that we're getting married. Wow! TikTok. <laughs> well, I, I love the uh, the pictures you've been posting lately, and, and posted a while back here. So, well, he's a lucky he's a lucky guy. She's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> appreciate it. 
<laughs> and also, um, Dawn and I were going to talk about it, about the fines that went down this week. I was just curious, uh, you know, uh, NASCAR really levied some heavy fines and penalties there with uh, on the Hendrick Motorsports guys here for the most part. And what's what's your opinion on that? I mean, is that was that bizarre to have that happen? Like, I mean, rules are rules, right? Yeah. Everything that come from the manufacturer. That's yeah. the way they want it in the sport. And if you can't buy, then it is what it is. Yeah. And let's, for reference, it's um, the Louvers, right? That was pretty much that affected these teams. It was Kaylee Racing as well, the 31 car, and then uh, all of the Hendrick cars uh, were affected, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And, and for and people who don't know what that is, that's the air intake ducts that sit under the, or right there that match up with the hood itself. Um, but what would it give that much of a performance advantage, or or is it just come down to the, the simple fact that the rules are rules and this is what you have to follow? I think there's obviously ways that people can manipulate certain things very minute, um, but I think it comes down to rules are rules, and you got to play by their game. Yeah. Well, according to we we talked about this before we pull, pulled you up, Matt. That uh, Bob Pockris. Uh, was there today at the hauler at one of the Hendrix haulers and Chad Knauss was out talking with the media. And so there's a few little deals I want to play uh, this one. And, and I, I want to tell folks too, it's going to take me a minute. Again, this is the joys of not editing and stuff or doing things live. So I'm going to pull up audio. It may be playing, so I may have to stop it and then pull it back. But according to Bob Pachris, um with Fox Sports, he said teams were told in a memo prior to Phoenix that anything other than the engine and safety inspection is not, and he put it in quotes, is not mandatory Friday. And uh, Canal said he felt that it was a voluntary inspection that if there were any issues, they would have time to fix them. So let's hear from Chad Canals on that. Like this, or maybe you need to. So the way the voluntary inspections happen uh, when you show up at a racetrack with, with that type of a schedule, you have a mandatory safety and a mandatory engine inspection. Everything else beyond that is up to the teams. We typically choose to go ahead and put the car in for the voluntary inspection. So NASCAR has the opportunity to say, hey, we don't like this, or maybe you need to tweak that or whatever it may be. And that's been pretty much the standard cadence. Um, I don't know that there's too many teams that usually go through the voluntary inspection that don't get told, hey, you need to kind of work on this a little bit before you show back up tomorrow. Because once a car's in the garage, it's open for inspection and for parts to be taken. So um, what is the argument for that it's voluntary? Why is that different? Because it specifically says voluntary inspection when you rolled into Phoenix. So, uh Matt, does any of that make any sense to you? Or, I mean, is that pretty pretty much the way that y'all's teams were rolling into Phoenix last week? It is how it is. Uh, uh, you have your inspection prior um, to practice sessions. Then you have your pre-race inspection. Eventually, we'll get put in impound. Um, everything gets done in a very orderly fashion there. Um Everybody pretty much goes through a voluntary inspection as soon as the garage opens, get the car through tech. That way you can find out if anything's wrong. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even if it's voluntary, there's things that, you know, can be changed. But then again, we don't know exactly what the whole deal was that Hendrick Motorsports went through. And I guess that'll come out later. But if they saw something they didn't like, and they have every right as a sanctioning body to do what they need to do. 
All right. And here's um, Chad was answering questions about what the issue was with their louvers, what the team did and why other teams weren't doing the same thing. And his frustration that they are being issued louvers that NASCAR could consider illegal. So here we go. We could go pull off of the shelf right now. The NASCAR. One second. It's it's been it's been trying. And look, we've all we've all jumped in bed on this thing together. Right. Since we started this Gen 7 car. And that's the thing that I think we've all prided ourselves on in the garage is that there's been a tremendous amount of give and take as we've tried to learn how to race this car and, and work together. Um, it's very disappointing to me that we're sitting in this situation right now with a component that we have all uh, come to the conclusion it is not correct. And we've all tried to work with uh, to, to get it fixed. And we've, cause we've done that with other parts. Is it, are you arguing, did you, did you modify parts that you felt like were acceptable to NASCAR or did you use parts given to you that did not fit? what NASCAR's template. I guess what I'm asking is, did you get, do you feel like that the parts were faulty and that's why you've been penalized or do you, do you modify the parts in a way that you thought was acceptable to NASCAR? I, I can tell you this, Bob, we've got a brand new set of these parts that we could go pull off of the shelf right now that NASCAR deemed illegal, inappropriate for us to race. You guys were um, penalized, Colic was penalized. Do you have any idea why other teams weren't doing what you were doing? I don't know that they were or weren't, Bob. Chad Elton said NASCAR works with the teams to make sure parts and pieces fit properly, but he specifically used the words, this was modified outside those bounds. It seems like you take offense to, we modified these for performance. Yeah, this We have a CAD that has been submitted by the OEM, and the OEM gives that CAD to NASCAR, and it's NASCAR's responsibility to make sure the parts we get fit that CAD. Are you saying that you pretty much modified the parts to fit the CAD? We made sure that our car, our parts fit the hood and the hood closed and did all the stuff that it needed to do. All right. Thoughts on that, guys? <laughs> I ain't going to say anything on that one. All you got to do is listen and you'll hear the backtrack. Well, I was going to say, and maybe I'm not speaking for both of you, but I mean, it's Chad Canals, Chad and (laughs) Chad's been, you know, Chad's been pushing the envelope for years. And sometimes, you know, I mean, and, and that's why Jimmy was so successful for so many years is, you know, Chad wasn't afraid to go past those boundaries. Um, and, and this is a learning curve with this car and, and stuff, but, um, Again, it's just interesting, like, like he said, I mean, the argument could go either way. Bob was making it, you know, well, why is it Hendrick and Kaylee were the are only two, you know, cars that had this issue? So it's like, okay, well, you know, Chad's sitting there saying, well, we've got this part up here that NASCAR is deemed illegal and stuff. Well, what about all the other cars? You know, <laughs> what about all the other cars that didn't seem to have a problem with it, that didn't modify it, I, I guess, enough or cross over or, you know, I mean, I. Look, he's giving the the standard answers that you expect for him, you know, to give. But for those of us that aren't technical and stuff, I mean, um, it, is it a case of, I mean, can you can you modify to a point where you're not intentionally trying to modify, <laughs> you know, where you're not intentionally trying to to cheat or whatever? I mean, is it is it this part is that new or something that they just don't really understand the modifications of it or how does that work matt so gray areas right uh-huh you have certain within the teams that their whole job is to figure out gray areas and push an issue that's how rules are made you know if you're not cheating you're not trying that's the old saying 
So yeah. you're going to gray areas. You're going to find an advantage and you're going to try to go for it. They, yeah. you know, whatever happened there got caught. You know, I'm not going to speculate and try to figure out what it was because that's not my job. That's not my deal. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're just trying to get some kind of advantage and, and that's it. And, and Mike, let's, let's be clear too. I mean, the penalties we haven't even announced, the penalties were announced on Wednesday. NASCAR hit each of the Hendricks Motorsports four Cup Series teams and the 31 team of Kaylee uh, Racing with an L2 level infraction for unapproved modification to parts. The numbers 5, 9, 24, 31, and 48 teams all lost 100 team and driver points. Um, with the exception of the number nine, which did not lose the driver points, of course, because uh, Chase Elliott is not driving that car right now. Um, and they lost 10 playoff points. The crew chiefs for each team were suspended for four races and fined each $100,000. Huge penalties. Massive. And well, um, the last uh, thing that I wanted to play that Bob got was him talking to Chad and Chad saying that the impact of the penalty, it's just ugly. He talks about the situation and um, he's also determined whether or uh, asking uh, Bob asked him if he's determined yet if they're going to try to uh, appeal. And if so, if they would bring back their crew chiefs during the appeal. So let's pull up that audio. Or will you the penalty is the. What is, do you believe the harshest impact of the penalty is the 10 playoff points and any potential playoff points that could be gained by regular season finish? Uh, I think it all is. I think it's a, it's a terrible situation, not only for us, but the industry, to be quite honest with you. I think that's the, what I dislike the most. It's just, it's, it's ugly. We shouldn't be in this situation. And it's really unfortunate that we are because it doesn't help anybody. Are you going to ask for the for the crew chiefs to be back next week or if if the appeal is not next week or will you um continue to use interim crew chiefs for until the appeal is heard well i think you know jeff and i have discussed it with mr h and mr gordon and we're just going to see when the appeal comes down and we're going to take it kind of week by week and understand what it is that we need to do as the timelines uh develop what is so there you go uh and you know, also this week with penalties. Uh, uh, okay, well, Matthew, your team, your your organization got penalized too. <laughs> uh, the number ten car of Stuart Haas Racing, uh, of course, Eric Amarola's car, got hit with a safety violation for the loss or separation of an improperly installed tire wheel from the vehicle. Uh, crew members Ryan Mulder and Sean Cotton were suspended for two races. So tire got away from them, um, I guess. And then, of course, the big, big, the other big penalty that we'll talk about uh, was good old Denny Hamlin putting his foot in his mouth. Um, we talked about that a little bit, um, or actually we haven't because we haven't done a show yet this week. So we'll explain that situation here in a minute um, and, and discuss it. But Denny Hamlin... Um, intentionally wrecked Ross Chastain towards the end of the race. And he has been fined $50,000 and docked 25 driver points on Wednesday. And uh, uh, as of just a little while ago, he put out a tweet that he is planning to appeal. Um, we're going to give our views on that. Cause uh, I think that's a big fat, you're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> and, and you're an even bigger idiot to appeal it, but you know, hey, whatever. They give you the option to appeal, so you may as well do it. What's it going to hurt? Um, but to wrap up, I, I mean, it was it was a huge week, huge two weeks for Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, they they were the dominant 
man, you are, you are cars on both of these um, last two races there at uh, Vegas and at Phoenix. And of course, William Byron, you know, winning at both. And then to come away now, you know, with this nasty, nasty penalty on them, it, it, it's big. I mean, this this was a big one. But again, you know, we talk about it all the time. And on one hand, I applaud NASCAR because they're not going to screw around. They've told the teams over and over. They did it last season, too. They told them over and over, we're not messing around with this stuff. Stop trying to, you know, that's the point of going to this car is, you know, all the teams are using the same stuff, the same, you know, everything is the same. Um, don't try and screw with it. And, you know, and you've still got teams screwing with things, you know, because you want to try to get that littlest, tiniest edge over your competition. Uh, But like we said earlier, I mean, some of these guys uh, have reputations that, you know, kind of are bigger than themselves. And and we know we and and, and like you said, Matt, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I I can't fault Chad Canals. I mean, he's. You know, I've never been a huge Chad Canals fan at the same time. I have no qualms with, you know, saying dude is a genius. I mean, he's a smart guy and he's been successful for a reason. So um, and he and the other thing I like about him, though, is he's very well spoken. Um, You know, he's always been good in the booth and that kind of thing, too. And I, I like the fact that when he when he talks to the media members and stuff like that, he breaks things down to a point where I feel like the layman can understand, which is good. I just want to say, Don, and Matt will laugh about this, is talk about cheating and everything. Go go back to the local race in there at San Antonio Speedway, and boy, did we ever have all kind of issues over the years there with different classes and drivers that tried things and protests that went down and all kind of things, you know, with the rule book there at San Antonio Speedway and the NASCAR uh, Winston Racing Series, you know, everybody was trying to, that gray area, you know, trying to push the envelope and everything. And I I remember a few times, Don, I actually was there, you know, saw, I saw the sunset and then stayed all night for the protests and the ruling and everything and to see the sunrise in the morning after they tore the cars down took the engines out and everything so it it it, it happens uh and it has been happening for a long time yeah well i mean <laughs> you know again i wasn't i didn't hear anything that i wasn't expecting to hear but um i'm glad he came out and talked i mean there's a lot of teams that won't you know there's a lot of teams that'll just you know handle business and appeal or whatever but Again, I don't know if it's if it's better or not for him to come out and talk, uh, but it it was interesting to hear his comments and to hear, you know, I, I, again, I, I just I like it because I don't feel like enough of that stuff gets put out there for for fans to to be able to listen to. I appreciate Bob's posting of it and stuff like that. Um, that's one of the things that's fun as a media member is to be able to go to those haulers and, and hear, you know, some of these media reports and stuff and get to, especially too, when you've, when you're somebody like Bob, Bob's got such a great rapport with so many of the drivers and crew members and stuff that when everybody kind of disperses, he's able sometimes to hang back and go a little deeper, you know, and sometimes, and, and, and get a little bit more out of these guys than what they're willing to give just at their normal, you know, presser or whatnot so um yeah. but 
We'll see how that affects. Cause Mike, I mean, the, 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 the one penalty there with, and I think that's what they were talking about, but the playoff, the 10 playoff points, that's huge. I mean, that, that is really big, especially if yeah. you haven't won anything yet. Well, that could have a big factor, you know, toward the end of the season when you get to the playoffs, you know, it could make a huge difference. Matthew, what's your take on that? Do you feel like that's fair that you get hit with playoff points penalty or in, in the penalties in the regular season? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, it just has that much more of an impact of having people stop doing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Now, I wanted to ask you, you know, we're, what, four or five races now? What are we, five? Is this going to be race number five? Yeah. Okay. Yep. In in end of the season, and, uh, you know, William Byron becomes the first repeat winner this past weekend, but what's your take on the season how it's going so far i mean I, from what i've seen i think the racing not just up front but throughout the pack has been pretty darn good this year what what do you think i think that uh teams really took time over last year going into this past off season uh took a better understanding of what these cars are capable of um and really dialing in more of how we need to perform uh, different kind of setups. Like, you know, well, why do we do this? I mean, this is, makes no sense now that we're seeing it on this platform. Um, so I think everything as far as technical um, and setup wise and, and things that they've learned through data um, has really just helped the overall aspect of the Cup Series um, as far as developing this new car. And I think so far, the racing has been pretty interesting. You know, I think as we continue on throughout the season, uh, you know, teams are going to find different things that they can learn from, you know, the races that uh, we've done from past and then whatever they do on the simulator. I think everything's just going to continue to grow and get better. Yeah. I agree. Um, you know, Matt, the other thing that I thought was interesting, and I, I brought this up to Mike last week, is um, we haven't had any or at least not that I'm aware of any discussions at all of hard hits drivers complaining of hard hits and, you know, injury, nothing. So um, from what you've, you know, from, from your drivers and stuff and from what you've heard through the garage area, has there been any talk or, or, or is everyone pretty pleased with the, with the, the stuff that NASCAR did to fix the problem during the off season? I think there was big things that, we're trying to get done with this, the safety of the car, um, you know, making the ability to have crunch zones and, and help deflect some of that energy back away from the driver's area. I think that was a big, um, I, I don't, the only time I ever heard anything was when they went to the Coliseum and, uh, you know, the bump in there was pretty rough. Um, from what I understand. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I really haven't heard anything else. Um, I'm so focused on what I have to do for my job that I really don't have time to hear, hear about yeah. anything. <laughs> but I mean, just as far as I think as we get down to more short track bump and runs and all that, um, I think we'll start, you know, seeing exactly are they feeling this as bad as they were at the Coliseum or, have they actually gotten more improved? So it's something that we'll just have to figure out as the season goes. I would feel like the Coliseum, you, you, 
you really can't get a good measurement on it there because it's so small that, I mean, you're just like constantly being bumped. I mean, it, I mean, that's just like bumper cars. I mean, basically there, because uh, that track is so, so small. Plus it's the first race of the season and everybody's kind of like, you know, and the, the qualifying for it is different. Everything's different with it. So I, I don't know. I, I just, do you feel like it's kind of a fair assessment to, to use the Coliseum as a comparison or? I mean, I, that's just going based off of what I heard. I know everybody's once the season is there. Um, I don't know. I, I think honestly, the you know the Coliseum is real short, um, very small. You're going to be bumping and running. It's like an old short track. You know, people are going to use the bumper to get people out of the way. This um, week it'll be a good test. <laughs> yeah, now that you start getting into the mile and a half, um, that's where the real test is going to be at. Like you said, the mile and a half. You know the cookie cutter racetracks are the ones that we race on the most, mm-hmm. so that that's where you got to figure out a lot of how things are going to react and do that. All right. Well, before we wrap up uh, reviewing Phoenix and stuff again, Denny Hamlin, um, and I don't know how I missed this part at the end of the race, but I did. But apparently, uh, towards the end of the race, there. Uh, Denny decided that he wasn't going to be finishing, I guess, like in a top five, top 10 position or whatnot. And, um, he was going to wreck or he started to wreck and Ross Chastain was right there. And so he figured, you know what, now's as good of a time as ever for payback. Um, and here's the thing is I don't think anybody really thought much of it until Denny goes on his podcast that he now has on, um, and I, I, I guess it's actions detrimental is what he calls his his podcast there on dirty mo media um so he he puts out a, a, a something about or he's talking about it and so i've got the audio of him um talking about the wreck so let's hear the audio first and then we will react of course we talked about the penalty that came down um and and which i think it it was deserving but i i still don't feel like it went far enough but we'll get y'all's points of view here in a second but let's hear from denny on exactly what he was thinking going into wrecking ross chastain intentionally and i said up oh, hold on i'm about to get passed by everybody behind me who's on fresh tires i'm going i'm about to finish in the mid teens and i said you're coming with me buddy really i let the wheel go and i i said he's coming with me and so i've said for a while well you got to do something to get these guys attention whatever and i've said it and and i think that <clears throat> ross doesn't like it when i speak his name on in the media and, and when i had this microphone but i told him well i have a microphone and i i'm going to call it like i see it um and until you get a microphone you can then say whatever you want about me but the fact is is while i'm sitting here talking i'm going to call things the way I see it. And sometimes I'm going to have to call myself out, which I'm the dumbass who lost just as many spots as he did. But at the time I says, well, I'm going to finish anyway. And I'm just going to make sure that he finishes right here with me. I'm about to get past. So there we go. So, and, and then according to them afterwards, or according to Denny, uh, he goes on to say that they talked later on and that according to him they are now even it's a truce whatever but it was payback um you know (laughs) it was one of those things where i laugh because again um dell jr's talked about this before as well and i think it's i think dell jr's like the guy to go to because we all remember the spin 
the intentional spin of Dell Jr. to bring out a caution, which no one really thought much of it until Jr. was on the damn radio and, and admitted that he spun out intentionally. And so then he got penalized. Ever since then, Jr. has been very outspoken about, you know, if you do something, don't admit to it. Um, and so I know last year, I think it was William Byron, I believe it was, um, either William Byron or Christopher Bell, but I think it was William Byron who admitted uh, to to intentionally wrecking somebody. And so he got penalized. And then, of course, when Bubba Wallace intentionally wrecked Kyle Larson, he refused to admit to, to anything. And we all kind of knew what it what it was, but he 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 followed the line and did not admit to it, which. Uh, again, Junior went on to say was the right thing to do. You don't you don't admit to it. Then here's Denny. <laughs> and I'm going to give you my point of view. And if you're a Denny Hamlin fan, you're not going to like it. But Denny, to me, said exactly what I was thinking when he mentioned, you know, well, Ross doesn't have a microphone. And when Ross gets a microphone, he can do this. Denny was being a brazen asshole right there. I mean, it, it was kind of like, you know, hey, I'll admit to it. I mean, I've got a microphone. I've got a podcast now. You know, I'm going to say what I'm going to say and, you know, what's going to happen. And NASCAR, you know, I think enough people were like, hey, he just admitted he intentionally wrecked somebody. NASCAR hears it and comes down with the penalty. I agree with the penalty. I think it was it it, it was ex- or absolutely warranted. But guys, I, in my opinion, don't feel like it went far enough. I feel like by him sitting there saying, I have a microphone and this was what I was thinking. And, you know, I'm going to do this. I mean, he he's been waiting. This, this shit that went down with him was last season. You know, he didn't take care of business last season. This is a new season. And now you're going to sit there and take care of shit that went on last season, you know, and bring it into this season. But regardless, he admits to it. But then he's just he's just like a cocky, arrogant asshole about it. And I feel like they should have parked him for the week. I mean, you know, they they should have parked him because now it's like, again, you open that Pandora's box. NASCAR opened that Pandora's box, you know, a while back. And so how are you going to get these guys to take seriously, not intentionally wrecking people, you know, that and then, you know, the argument last season when when Bubba did it was. To the degree of, okay, what track is is worse for you to intentionally wreck somebody on? Or was it, you know, this, I don't feel like you need to even compare them. If you intentionally wreck somebody, especially because it's payback, and we all, none of us are stupid. We know what payback, you know, what's been going on. So if it's a payback thing, I think your ass needs to be parked for a race. I, I mean, no discussion, nothing. There's no argument. There's no appeal. You're just parked. and And then I think it'll stop that shit. I don't know y'all's thoughts. <laughs> Do you have any? <laughs> well, I think uh, I think the penalty was was warranted and fair. Uh, he he probably should be parked the week. If that's if, if that's what they're gonna do. Like when they did that with Bubba, you know, if that's what doing this and this is what the penalty is gonna be. NASCAR needs to be consistent, but but you know, this is Denny's doing stuff like this. And I think it's just a distraction to him and, and he should have probably done the payback last, last season. And, and uh, I, I think it's just one of the reasons why he hasn't won a championship yet. You know, he's constantly doing stuff like this. Right. I don't know. Matt, <laughs> you have any thought? I know it's hard for you, Matt, to say stuff. I mean, when, so I, I get it. If you don't, 
All I can say is consistency needs to be handled better. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, and that's why I was saying, guys, I mean, Mike, you, you almost, I thought you were almost going to say really what I was wanting to say. The reason I, the other reason I feel like Denny would have been the perfect guy to park is Denny is a owner as well. He is a team owner. You know, $50,000 is a drop in the bucket to Denny Hamlin. That is nothing. It remind every time I see a penalty to a driver, it, it reminds me of a of a football player, of a basketball player getting a penalty. Most athletes feel like it and it just depends on where I don't know where NASCAR penalty money goes to. I know like in the NBA, if you get fined, that goes to charity, to NBA charity, you know, money. So I remember like Dennis Rodman used to always say, you know, that was my weekly charity, you know, donation of the week or whatever. I don't have a problem getting fined because I know that the money's going to a good cause. I don't know where NASCAR money goes. The point is it's a drop in the bucket these guys you know a, a denny hamlin doesn't give two shits about 50 grand you know i just watched a video of him this weekend shooting uh one of those little orbies <laughs> those little gel bullet guns or whatever and they're running around they probably he, you know he probably dropped several grand on on the ammo for those guns for him and his little buddies to run around and shoot at each other with so it, it's not a big deal but you you park his ass for a week, and that's a big deal because then you're talking sponsorship money. You're talking, you know, uh, crew members' money. You're you're you, that affects the fam, you know, the whole family. Fifty grand doesn't affect the whole family. Now the the driver points, yes, that's a big deal too. But I I I just feel like like we said, Mike, we've been saying it for nineteen freaking years. NASCAR's consistency, they are consistently inconsistent with what their rules and stuff. Yeah. And like Matthew general. said earlier, there's way too much gray area and, and I'm sick of it. Let's, let's get, I, I'm hoping out of this that what we got is, you know, just if you're going to intentionally wreck somebody, if you're going to keep doing it, which yes, it's been a part of racing forever. I get it. That doesn't mean that it doesn't need to have consequences if you do it. I mean, just because something has been going on forever does not mean that there, that you cannot have consequences or penal, penalties um, that can come about, but you got to start being consistent on it. And I don't, I feel like if NASCAR is really taking this serious, I just feel like Denny Hamlin made it a joke almost like NASCAR is a joke. Like, you know, I mean, it, 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 it was just so brazen to come out on the, on the podcast and, and after the fact, and yeah, I did it, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I like I said, I have mixed emotions with it. Um, and my other thing is, do I feel like there's really a truce there? Do I really feel like in my heart of hearts that Ross Chastain is like, okay, he got me back. We're even now I'm going to leave it alone. Hell no, I don't. Ross Chastain ain't going to have any issues putting his ass in a wall. If it, if it's Denny Hamlin standing between him and a checker flag. And for that, I appreciate Ross Chastain. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Matthew, I know you agreed with me because we've had this discussion. Um, and, and not only that, you've worked on Chastain's trucks before, so you know the kind of driver he is. So, um, yep. um, so anyway, um, is there anything else? Let's see in NASCAR. Okay, so moving forward, we are in Atlanta uh, again, On I, and I can't wait to see. Last year, both the races were amazing there. I can't wait to see what we what we get because it's just funny, the the reaction there's a lot of drivers that are bitching about it. And I don't understand why I thought it was some, 
of the best racing that we saw last season was there at Atlanta. Um, I loved it. I can't wait to see what we see. But some of the big news or really and truly the only big news that came out of there today, because other than the fact that it was raining cats and dogs, is Kyle Busch's car chief was ejected and the team loses pit stall selections for failing tech twice. They passed on the third time. All other cars passed on the first or second time. So Kyle Busch will be without his crew chief um, this weekend at the race after failing inspection twice. So big news there. Yep. Also, pit road entrance got moved to turn three. We got to oh. keep that. Oh. All right. All right. And um, is okay. So answer this at Atlanta. Is there a yellow line rule or no? Uh, they were saying that if a car gets pushed below the yellow line, there won't be a penalty. I don't think you can pass below the yellow line. Okay. All right. I I, but I never turned it into a super speedway type racing. Okay. And again, last week, and, and Mike, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you know, I mean, last week we announced that, of course, um, they NASCAR announced now that at all the tracks will have the choose rule, which I think is great. I love the choose rule. To me, that just brings in a whole layer of fun and excitement now is with the with the choose rule. So um, that will be in effect as well. Yep. I just yeah. want to say, say Don, oh, no, I'm sorry, Matt, go ahead. No, I was saying just, yeah, I agree with her. Okay. What I was going to say, a couple of comments in the chat. I don't know, if, Matthew, if you can see it, but Sean Folsom says to tell you hi. What's up, Sugar Sean? And, uh, <laughs> and Mike Knott says, how ironic that uh, for Denny doing what he blasted Bubba for. <laughs> True. That's- <laughs> yep, that's a good that's a good one there. So, um, well, Mike, um, I know you've got some NHRA news uh, to talk about and some stuff that uh, uh, just give us a little bit of of what we can expect from your your Smackcast that you uh, that I ha- I still have to post, I should say. Yeah, well, I posted it on my website, so if you don't want to okay. wait for yours, uh, but definitely go to Track Smack Radio. But no, the Gator Nationals, uh, the NHRA. Uh, kicked off their uh, 2023 season in Gainesville uh, this past weekend. And um, the Gator Nationals took place. And, boy, they had some huge crowds. And Tony Stewart made his debut in the top alcohol dragster class. He's running, uh, which, Matt, as you know, uh, you work for Stewart Haas. He's running this year a uh, full season in the top uh, alcohol dragster class. So that's been real exciting. It's going to be exciting to watch him throughout the year. And But they had to – Gator Nationals there at Gainesville and bit huge crowds and uh, Mike uh, Salinas got the win in top fuel. Uh, we had a driver interview with him from the media center. Um, Matt Hagen, who was one of Tony's drivers there uh, in funny car. He get he gets a win in funny car. Uh, Troy Coughlin Jr. got the win in pro stock. And then uh, Gage Herrera, a young guy competing in a, for, for the first time in with Vance and Hines on the pro stock motorcycle, uh, very first race uh, this year with him. And he right out of the gate gets the, the victory there in the pro stock motorcycle class. So they had some great racing and uh, good, good crowds. And it's a great season. going to be a great season this year. And I think they're off until I think it's next weekend. When we go to Coda that weekend, they're going to be at, in Arizona at Wild um, Wild Horse Motorsports Pass uh, or Wild Horse Pass, I, I forgot what the name of the track is, but it's there 
basically in the Phoenix area. And, and, and it's the last race at that track, that drag strip is closing. Mm. So we're going to lose another drag strip on the, on the circuit after, uh, you know, Houston uh, shut down this past year. Uh, April, 2022 was the last race for, for the uh, summer national, I mean, the spring nationals there in Houston. So I hate to see that happening, but it was good to see the NHRA uh, kick off their season on a good positive uh, note. Definitely. Matt, are you an NHRA fan? Have you, did you grow up going to uh, any races when they came to town or, or even uh, the, I guess in San Antonio, we had more of the IHRA, wasn't it, Mike, that we would get that would come to San Antonio Raceway? Yeah, but Matt probably remembers the days at Alamo Dragway. I remember Alamo Dragway too. <laughs> I, look, I have never been to a drag race ever. Really? Yep. And it's um, always circle track racing. Tell you wow. what, I, I used to think it was kind of a boring sport watching on TV. It just didn't. I mean, you got to go in person to get the real feel, but to stand there down by the starting line and see two 11,000 horsepower funny cars or top fuel dragsters take off and Don's experiences, it, it's unbelievable the the sound, what it, what it does to your body, how it rattles the inside of your your body and uh, how it feels. Uh, it's just the power. Uh, and to see those cars go 330 miles an hour down the, you know, a thousand foot track or to the thousand foot marker. Cause you're not running the full quarter mile anymore for the, that's just amazing. Uh, how, how much power those, those cars have. Yeah. I mean, for me, if I'm going to go to a drag race, I want to be right down there. Like you said, I want to feel my inside start melting. <laughs> That'd be the only way I'm going. <laughs> Well, one of these days we got to get you out to one of the to the races just so you can experience it. I know freaking work all the time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, what you need to do is, uh, of course, you're working. So that's the thing. The way the, the the season is so long, but the the four wide nationals there in Charlotte. Yep. When you send four of those cars down the track, it's really crazy. I can imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, does does news, I mean, I, I guess, you know, of course, with Tony and stuff, but is there, in y'all shop, is there ever chatter about, like, you know, the the drags, the NHRA side of, of the business and stuff, or, or of the F1 side of Haas or anything like that, or is it all pretty much just NASCAR, NASCAR, NASCAR talk over there? I mean, for my department, it's... It's pretty much just all NASCAR. I mean, people watch things like, you know, I watched Formula One Drive to Survive. You know, I think that's really cool, the way to get to behind the scenes. Um, but, I mean, everyone's just so focused on on the NASCAR side. Everybody's just working and, and doing their job. And that's pretty much all you hear. Well, and, and that's what, what I want to say is uh, Tony, I believe, has all of his uh, NHRA with Leah, his wife, the the top field director, and then Matt's funny car. I believe all their shops are up in um, Indianapolis. Right. Well, and the reason I asked is, uh, you know, because uh, Mike, you know, you and I have been talking during the week and stuff, and and you you brought up something very interesting to me, um, and and actually it kind of goes into uh, a story that I actually had talked to Matthew about earlier in the week too he had not seen it and then Mike hadn't really seen it either um it was a PBS NewsHour story that has come out recently and um an investigation that has been done with Haas 
um, automation because Haas is one of several different companies that produce these and manufacture these heavy duty machines that are capable of making, you know, prototypes and stuff, I guess, of all different kinds of things, but that are used for um, their long story short, a lot of these are sold to military um, all over the world. And they, they are able to manufacture parts for artillery machines, for guns, for all sorts of things. But I mean, these hospital machines are used in all sorts of uh, companies all over the world, you know, a, 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 as well as these other things. But basically there was a story out that um, because there's sanctions, of course, <clears throat> when it comes to Russia and what business can be done with Russia and stuff like that. And so there's been an investigation that uh, Ukraine, I guess, and the Ukrainian sanctioning board has been doing because apparently they they've got receipts. They're showing that some of these machines have been sent to Russia still um, as early as October of last year, while, you know, there's been sanctions going out. Um the thing is, is I, I went and watched the story and it's a real confusing story. Again, it's, it's, it's not political. I, I don't want to call it a political story. It shouldn't be. It, I mean, it's a news story is what it is. And, and we should all be concerned with it because it goes basically to the effect of Haas kind of making an argument of, you know, look, we sell to who we sell to. We don't know what they do with, with the stuff after that. Um, there's a Russian company that buys Haas's stuff I guess, and then turns around and sells it to different military or to the military and stuff in Russia. And so Haas is kind of saying, you know, look, I mean, you know, we sell it to them. We're not selling to the Russian military, you know, directly or whatever. Um, but in the end, that's, I mean, if that's you're- where things get kind of mis misinterpreted and everything, you know, because like they may have no control over that. Like 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 you said, you know, they're saying that they sell it, but then they could be resold. You know, that I'm sure that happens in, in all different forms of business. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you hear and again, I mean, I don't want to not trying to get political, but I mean, there is an argument. You hear it all the time with with guns. I mean, gun manufacturers, you know, or whatever will say, look, you know, I mean, we just make the gun. I mean, we're we're not responsible for somebody taking that gun and going and, you know, shooting a classroom full of kids with it or whatever. Well, that's where the argument is always made. Well, how much responsibility should you be responsible or should you know more about who you're selling your stuff to? Maybe, you know, maybe Haas needs to take more responsibility on who they're selling the, you know, items to if, um, if, you know, if they find out that, okay, well, I'm selling to a company that's main customer is the Russian military. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe I shouldn't sell to that company, I guess, is the argument that's to be made. But there's a big story on it. You, uh, there's links all over the pay you know, are all over the place, and they're not the only company. There's a couple of other companies that I know have teams um, or that deal with teams in Formula One. Um, but Haas is the biggest one because I want to say it's two point eight million dollars in sales um, was the <laughs> what the, what has been shown after the sanctions, and that's the big thing. That's the big part of the story. Getting away from that. Mike, when you and I first discussed this, you we were talking about the drag racing side and how Tony really seems to be enjoying the drag racing side. And and you brought up a point to me or or something that's kind of maybe possibly been rumored or whatnot. And so and I thought it was interesting. No, we're hearing the rumors on the drag racing side that uh, Tony's uh, thinking about getting out of NASCAR. 
I don't know if that's true. I mean, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, Matthew. I know because you probably don't know, you know, the answer to that. And I really don't want to, you know. No, and it's not even about putting him on that. It was more like directed to you because this is, you know, your bread and butter is, is or you really enjoy and, and dive deep into that NHRI side. And that is something that's rumored. And I don't think it's that far-fetched. And I don't think Matthew even would be like out of place, to, and not out of place, but Look, we all know that Tony has had issue with NASCAR over the last few seasons. I mean, he's been very vocal about different things that he's had issues with, um, with the new car and with some other stuff. So, um, you know, Tony's not one that hides his emotions and, and, and all. I mean, he's even said some things on the broadcast when he was there, you know, over the first couple of weeks. But um, I just found it interesting. And I know and but but I'm not surprised because, Mike, all of the reporting that you've done over the last year or so, um, especially after once he got married to Leah, is how much he has enjoyed the NHRA side of things. And I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that he probably enjoys it, A, because he gets more time with his wife, um, B, because mainly it's a short schedule. They don't race every week and it's a really short schedule and it's probably way, way less expensive um, to, to run those teams than it is to run um, cup cars and Xfinity cars over, you know, in, on the NASCAR side of things. So um, I just thought it was a very interesting thing and I'm, I wouldn't be shocked by it at all if that is the case. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say what he's going to do, but uh, I know he's going to continue with the NHRA. Uh, he's loving it over there. And all the interviews that he's done, basically, he's said, you know, I had no idea that this was so much fun. Uh, and and the access that you have to the to the drivers in the pit area for the for the fans, um, it, you know, they're, they're smaller. You don't have, you know, 60, 70,000 people, some of these races, you know, you have more like 20, 30, 40,000. So it's more, the crowds are more manageable and everything, but Tony really seems like he has found something that he really, really likes. And I think he's going to be good at, and I think we're going to see him take this year and use the top alcohol dragster class to, to really build him himself up and get a lot of seat time. And I think we're going to see him in the top field dragster uh, in 2024, he's already made a couple runs, you know, to get his license and and everything. But I think we're going to see him um, competing in in in, in that uh, series uh, real real soon. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But who knows whether or not he'll stick with NASCAR, keep his teams uh, with Harvick retiring and everything. I could see him maybe scaling back to you know just maybe one car or who knows. I don't know, but I, I told you when you mentioned that to me, I said, that's the one interesting thing that I could immediately thought of is I wonder if he would be interested in pitching his charter over to uh, Dale Jr. to Junior Motorsports um, as a to purchase his charter, if that would be a if if that would be a situation. So, yeah, uh, and we know that Dale's talked about it. They're, they're interested in starting a team. Yeah. So um, very interesting. So. Um, Poor Matthew, he's just sitting there. He's like, <laughs> he, this is not news that he wants to hear. <laughs> everything we've talked about deals with st still. I know. <laughs> Wrong week, Matt, for you to be on the show. <laughs> we're sorry. Oh, what? No, but um, we're happy. We're happy with, that you're with them. That those are some good guys over there. And all my dealings with the media, with their, with their team, people on the teams, and the, the PR guy, and everything. Really nice folks over there. 
Stuart Haas. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of amazing people that work over there. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, before... Ask, Matt. Go ahead. Matt, with um, coming up, uh, we're going to be at Coda after Atlanta. And uh, last last couple of years, we've had some great racing on that track. Do you see that trend continuing this year with the trucks, Xfinity, and Cup cars when they come? If you don't see that trend going that way, you're insane. <laughs> I think that everything's, like I said, everything's been set up and changed wise. I think it's going to be even more aggressive than it was last year. Wow. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy. It was great last year. Yeah. We'll, it, um, well, and uh, talking about Coda, Mike, you mentioned it. Uh, big news. Uh, another big news thing dropped on us this week was uh, old, old seven time Jimmy Johnson announced, you know what? I'm going to go run Coda. What the hell? So um, Club Wyndham will be sponsoring Jimmy Johnson at Coda and also at the Coca-Cola 600. Um, they're going to come on board as his sponsor. But uh, that was pretty big news when he announced that this week. So, Mike, you'll get a chance to see Jimmy there at Coda. Uh, and I love it. I, I just think it's so funny. I mean, Jimmy pulled the old I'm retired, but I'm, I'm not done yet. I think I'm going to come back and I'm, I'll announce I'm going to run a, just a, a handful of races. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to turn into more of a hand or than a handful of races. Cause you just, you can't keep that guy off of a track. He just, he loves it too much. And I think once he got, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago when he, when he raced for the first time back, I, I think he was just like, Oh yeah, I got to do this. I got to get back in it. And yeah. And Matt, I want to tell you that John Beasley on the, in the chat says to tell you hi. <laughs> Hello, John, all these good people coming out. Yeah. Like a little San Antonio reunion here, huh? Yeah. San Antonio, Central Texas Speedway. Speaking yeah, of that, we didn't talk about this last week, Mike, uh, cause I want to get her on. And because we we still don't know all the details yet, but uh, a little San Antonio twist and we'll throw in the NHRA with it is, you know, Peggy Llewellyn, of course, San Antonio's own Peggy Llewellyn. Um, she announced on her Instagram here a couple of weeks ago that after I think she said, did she say 15 years or something like that, that she's hasn't raced, that she's coming back there to. Uh, um, yeah, apparently she's renewed her license. Yeah, her pro stock. Uh, yeah, yeah, her pro stock motorcycle license. And, and again, I've known Peggy since fifth grade. <laughs> uh, Peggy and I go way, way back. And um, I just it always blows my mind to see I'm taller than Peggy, I, I believe just a little bit. And I'm five, like five, two and a half, five, three. But Peggy weighs like maybe 100 pounds wet, too. And it's so funny to see this tiny little girl then when she gets on that big old bike and she she handles business on that thing. So I'm excited. Um, I need to get Peggy on so we can talk about this comeback. I think it's great. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people on the NHR side of things that are uh, happy to see her coming back as well. Yeah. So, um, so Dawn and, and, you know, she, uh, in that class, there's several women that are racing in pro stock motorcycle now. So, you know, that's one great thing about the NHRA with all the diversity and everything with women and minorities, uh, running, um, there's a lot, a lot of success there for people, uh, especially for women, uh, and minorities in, in, in that series. And we look at all the champions we've had here recently uh that are, that are women and you know 
March was International Women's Month, so a great time to celebrate women and success in racing. And for Peggy, you know, she's won Wallies before, and uh, I would love to see her come back to the to the track and uh, get out there and uh, tear it up again and get some and more. She'll check a whole bunch of boxes because because uh, she's a woman. She's a minority. She's an older woman. Uh, and I and I say that now because we're the same age. So um, the other day, I, I swear, I, you know, it just hit me and I'm like, holy shit, I am six months away from turning 50. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> Where did time go? And uh, and when am I going to actually start like maturing and acting like I'm 50 years old? Because um, that hasn't happened yet. What'd you say? Mature and act like you're 50. Live life, Don. I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, last little thing yeah, I wanted live to live life that'll keep you young. Well, exactly. I hope so. Um, the last little bit that I saw that I thought was fun that I wanted to talk about with you guys is NASCAR is expecting at uh little let me back this up. NASCAR put out today that they are expecting over fifty thousand people per day for the Chicago race. For that uh, street course race, which I think is amazing, they are they are getting such good, um, I guess, response and stuff going into this race that they are already looking. This was a story that came out a few. I, I don't think it was last week. I think it was the week before that they're looking at New York now as as which I think New York has always. I I can tell you this. I think you know Chicago is a is, is the test. But I think New York and they're very they're going to be watching that Formula One race in Vegas very closely because I think Vegas I think I think Vegas has always been on their mindsets. I mean, back when they used to do uh, during the banquet week and we would do the burnouts burnout alley there on uh, Las Vegas Boulevard on the strip. Um, that's when it kind of the idea hit. And then Mike and I have talked about the fact that um, it was a few years back. The drivers were asked if if they could race anywhere in the world, you know, and, and what kind of race would they want? It was Joey Logano who came out, remember Mike and said, I want to do, I would love for us to do a street course race down uh, in Vegas, down the strip at night under the lights. And um, he even talked about um, actually this wasn't that long ago because it was um, after, I think it was after the Nashville, the very first banquet in Nashville, where they did the underglow under the cars for the burnouts. And he said it would be so cool to run those that underglow, too, underneath there. And he's like, what? how cool would that be? And would that look going down the streets of Vegas? I think it'd be awesome. So um, I'm excited. I know there's a lot of people that have been poo-pooing on the whole thing, you know, or whatnot. But, you know, and I know, Matt, we had you on before and we talked about this. I just, I mean, I think it's going to be cool to see something different. The the route we got to see, uh, Bob Pockers took us on a tour of it. Remember Mike last season, yeah. the route, and it's beautiful. I mean, absolutely beautiful. It's going to be a stunning view uh, where y'all will be running through right there along the water. Um, it, it's going to be awesome. And I'm glad to see that uh, over 50,000 people each day, that's not a bad turnout for the first time to to run it. I think it'll be fun. Matt, what do you what do you think about that course? Are you looking forward to seeing what it's going to be, be like? I just hope it holds up better than the street course at San Antonio and the road stay together. <laughs> That's true. That was before my time. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was almost before my time too. So <laughs> no, interesting though. Um, I don't think anybody has any idea what to expect on that. I, I really don't. I mean. Thinking about what we got to do, 
I mean, it's just a normal day at the office for us. Thank goodness it's regular style pit stops and not reverse. I don't think it's reverse, but. <laughs> she better find out. Huh? <laughs> but I mean, either way, I mean, as long as it attracts people to the racing that we're providing, um, I mean, that's all you can say is, is if, as long as it's attracting people and we're growing as a sport, then that's all we need to focus on. I agree. I totally agree. So I'm looking forward to, it. I mean, what's it going to hurt if it doesn't work? It doesn't work. You know I mean? But you got to try it. That's what everybody, I mean, hell Mike Haig was the biggest hater of, <laughs> oh, yeah. of, of, of going to the Coliseum. And I mean, you know, it's, it's turned out to be, I know there's still some people that didn't think that or don't think that it's all that great. I think it's amazing. I really like the idea. I, I think it, it looks, it plays well on TV. Um, yeah. For, I, for, a, for a, a race like that, I don't think a regular cup race should be. Well, there's no pit road. I mean, you couldn't really do a regular cup race. But for a, for a preseason event at the Coliseum, I didn't think it was going to be that great until you know they did it last year, and I thought, oh, I, I do kind of like it, and I like the break in the middle and the and the music and everything and all the stuff they had. I thought it, the backdrop looked cool on TV and then in pictures. It, gave the media some great stuff to, to work with, but, but um, I, I think the um, having a cup race at, at, at the Coliseum, no, I, I wouldn't go for that, but, but maybe, maybe there's somewhere else we could have some races. In, in- Haven't they been talking about it though? Well, hadn't it, there's been a little chatter about it, possibly about them wanting to put it on the schedule. Look at Matthew. He's like, no. I, I could have swore. No, I could have swore. I've seen stories about that, that there's been some chatter about should they put, uh, well, because it's done so well. Until they get the track built, I think. Right. but And it's done so well. And the de- the demand for it has been there that they're, that they've talked about it, I think. So I could be wrong, but I don't know. Well, hey. You're not wrong. Uh, see, I thought so. And look, I'll be the first one to say this. And I know that I'm going to get, you know, all kinds of crap for this. But I'd much rather see a cup race there than I would like to see the dirt back at Bristol. I think that the dirt racing at Bristol has been absolutely horrible. Um, I think that they should go at that. I'm not opposed to them doing cup cars on the dirt track. But I think then go to Eldora or go go to an actual dirt track. I don't think because in my opinion... Bristol, by the time that they end up doing it, it just looks like you've gone onto a pavement track and thrown some dirt on it. <laughs> I mean, there it's it doesn't look like a dirt track. It just looks like a dirty track, in my opinion, is is what it looks like. And I don't feel like the racing has been what you're used to seeing in dirt track racing. I I, I don't think it's translated well. So I would I would be like I've really enjoyed what I have seen at the um, at the Coliseum or on that country, I would much rather see that than see another cup race on the dirt at Bristol. Yep. Just my thoughts. So, hey, Matt, uh, speaking of tracks, North Wilkesboro uh, on the schedule for the uh, All Star race. Are you looking forward to going there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a big supporter of North Wilkesboro and trying to, uh, you know, talking with people and, and wanting to go back there. I'm so glad that we are going back just for the history, what yeah. it means community up there. Um, and that community died when NASCAR left. 
you know, they had all the supporting for that track. And then when NASCAR left uh, to move those races, I mean, it killed a whole entire community up there, a generation, you can say. Um, but now that we're going back, the revival that you can see um, around the community there in Wilkesboro and Wilkes County, uh, the support that you're seeing all throughout, you know, even like the Lake Norman, Charlotte area, you can definitely tell people are ready to be back. And I have one one other question to ask you. Uh, I know it's getting late here, and okay, we're going to wrap it up. Keep you, but uh, I saw some uh, a story uh, across the wire the a couple of days ago about uh, the fairgrounds in uh, Nashville. Uh, uh, I can't remember what the story was about. I didn't quite read it all. I, was, I bookmarked it to save it to go back, but um, something to do with um, uh, Speedway Motorsports and the city or something. But uh, what about a cup race at the fairgrounds? You think that'd be cool place to have a cup race oh yeah i've been to the fairgrounds when we were doing the arca series yeah uh, in there a handful of, or i don't know through two or three times it's a fun place uh a lot of history there you know i'm a i'm a big history guy so going back to the places um that meant a lot to the startup of our sport and and having a revival i mean it's it's one of those things that I enjoy and I appreciate, and hopefully everybody that goes out there will appreciate as well. Which goes down to saying, go out and support your local tracks. That's what this sport needs, and 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 that's what we need to continue to build on through this year and the coming years as well. More short tracks, people need to go to them and, and understand what this sport started at. See, I would be open, okay, this is going to be crazy, but I would be open if, if they would, if folks would support more of their local tracks. And if we could get more local tracks around the country back open and running, I think it would be so cool for NASCAR to move the all-star race around to local tracks around the area and, and not do them at, which I know you're kind of like, but that's the whole point of the North uh, Wilkesboro thing. And then the, the deal with like moving the banquet to Nashville, a lot of the rumor with that is, you know, they, they did that in order to throw Nashville a bone because the fairgrounds has always been what they've wanted to. And my understanding is if the fairgrounds opens and they won't race at, at the speedway anymore. Right. Or, I mean, that's the whole point is to get the racing back at the fairgrounds. Um, and, and Mike, you know, we've, we've had guys on Doug Rice and others that have talked about that for years that, um, if the fairgrounds open up that more than likely that's where the all-star race was going to end up back at is, is there. So, um, you know, I, I just, I think it would be kind of cool. What a, what a cool thing to do is, you know, maybe rotate, um, instead of rotating at the, the tracks, maybe, you know, that are on the circuit, maybe rotate the all-star race to different parts of the country at a local track that is a NASCAR sanctioned track, you know, or something like that. I mean, I, I think that that might be something cool to do. And, um, I think it would be a good Here's my thing too with the for years, Mike, of doing this show. What we would hear from the local guys is, you know, um, I, you know, I mean, the you would get that like there was never this camaraderie between the two, you know, like uh, you would always hear like local guys bitch about NASCAR, and I never understood why. I'm like, you know, I never went to a local race. I didn't go to local racing first. I went to a NASCAR race first and got hooked on racing which then led me to look for local tracks in my area, which then led me to go watch local racing. Um, and I'm sure that there's people that started just the opposite and went local racing. And then they work hand in hand folks. I mean, you know, racing is racing 
And I mean, in the end, if you've got the bug and you end up liking racing, you kind of start to tip your toes into other forms of racing because it's just, you know, in the end, that's just, you know, what you, what you crave and stuff. And I never understood the, the just kind of the ugliness from local drivers, other than the fact that, um, and we talked about it all the time. The ones that, like in San Antonio and stuff would bitch because, well, they're, when they race on Saturday nights, that takes away our audience. And it's like, no, because great promoters knew how to play that. You put up big screens and you ran the damn NASCAR races on the big screens out in the where the concession stands were or wherever. So folks could still go out to their local race, support their local race and still be able to see the race and see what's going on. Um, you know, the, it was just a matter of how the promoters would work with it. but. You know, people who love short track or local racing were not staying home on a Saturday night and missing local racing because there was going to be a Saturday night Richmond race. No, that's what VCRs and DVRs and all of that were for. Um, you know, it, it 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 was just a matter of you just didn't have good promoters that knew how to embrace it and 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 bring it in and and make it a part of it and um I used to bring that up all the time Mike because I would hear about places like up in North Carolina and other places where that's what they do is I mean they just they have the races on um in the background and and you know and it and it works what do you remember who was it that uh, was a promoter at SAS was it Terry probably yeah Terry I remember on Saturday nights, so there was a NASCAR race down there at the concession stand and where, where uh, the souvenirs were by Russell. I mean, they always had the race on. You go yeah. up to uh, Central Texas Speedway, Marianne had the, the TV on. I mean, it was just one of those deals. Now, when the races came to Texas, do you remember that? They would shut down the racing for the weekend and everybody could have the time off either to go to the race or do what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing, like, Everybody always has their opinions, whether or not they're right, they're going to have them and people will listen. And Mm -hmm. that's, you get the wrong ears and the wrong mouths. You're going to have a a devastating aspect to your local track. Yeah. Well, to get back to the topic we were on a while ago about NASCAR moving the all-star race around and, you know, having a race at North Works, Works, Worksboro now, and also, you know, possibly going to the fairgrounds at some point. We got the street course at, race at Chicago. I have to compliment and applaud uh, the NASCAR executives for thinking outside the box a little bit to try something different. And I think hopefully that will continue uh, with their way of thinking as far as, you know, tr- start that dialogue and come up with some new things and try it and see if it works. And, support some of these smaller tracks and, and maybe have a dirt track race at a real dirt track somewhere mm-hmm. and um, bring in some new fans, but also expose people in different geographic areas to, to racing and possibly, you know, help the, the local racers out as well, you know, get back to the roots of where it all started. Well, and to, to wrap this up, I mean, guys, there's one reason why, and again, yeah, I applaud NASCAR on it. There's, there's one reason why, and, and one reason mainly why NASCAR has been able to go this route and, and, and do these things. And, and, and there's a lot of, uh, I hate to say it, but old school guys, and a lot of them are old local <laughs> racing guys, um, that have this mentality that needs to, that they, I, I hate to say it, but it's, it's wrong. It's not right. But 
because NASCAR is growing. NASCAR has grown so much over the last few years. Everybody, NASCAR is dead. NASCAR is dead. No, it's not. It's it's bigger than it's ever been. It's not going to be dead. It's never going to be dead. It's too big to be dead. Um, but there's so many new fans and and that have uh, been coming this way. And it's a great thing. It's a great thing. What I don't understand is you need to embrace it on the local level. These are fans that never that didn't know, but now may be looking for a local track to go to, or that might want to try to get their kids involved in it because they've newly discovered it and love it. So you want this. I mean, I understand that everybody wants their old NASCAR back or their old, I want my old NBA back. I want my old, you know, I mean, that's just how we are. We're getting older and we're becoming the old man, you know, the stay off my lawn guy. <laughs> but but things can be right. And as much as we want to feel like, you know, everything, the universe revolves around us, guess what? It doesn't. And the the sport will continue to grow. It's going to continue to to go in different directions, just like all sports do. They have to in order to continue to keep up with social, you know, with technology and everything else. And it is not a bad thing, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know what people are seeing, but I have seen last season was some of the best racing across the board that I had ever seen in IndyCar, in NASCAR, in NHRA, in other sports. It has been amazing, but definitely in NASCAR. The racing was phenomenal last season. There there was a couple of races, maybe four races that I could say were snoozers. And the funniest part of it all is they were all short track races. The the mile and a half tracks were some of the best racing that we saw, believe it or not. Um, now, Vegas didn't seem to kind of go that same route this season, but it it wasn't the snooze fest that, that uh, mile and a half tracks had been before. This car has really made a lot of uh, a lot of changes and for the for the better. And the stands, you know, the stands are full and you you know ratings were up every single race last year you had sellouts and stuff i've seen ratings kind of being down right now in the beginning which i still don't think that you can really do a mark measure there's a lot of people saying that that could be the chase elliott effect of chase not racing i don't feel like he's got that much pull in the sport that like i really i feel like it's the beginning of the season it's the west coast swing you've got you know ncaa going on you had uh football finishing up you you know you, you basketball it, it, there's just it it always kind of starts off like this a little slow and then it, it goes last year the ratings were through the roof too because this new car was so new that people were tuning in each week um and it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger because you just had no clue what you were going to see and with all the different winners every week you you really had no idea what you were going to see i think it's kind of tapered off just a smidge but things are still I mean, trust me, NASCAR is is going nowhere, folks. So for those of you that hate it so much, that swore you stopped watching it 15 years ago, but you can still tell me more than I know about it right now, because obviously you are paying attention to it in some way, shape or form. Um, it's not going anywhere. But my my whole point to that is, is I just feel like everybody needs to if you're a racing fan in general and, and you love racing and you want 
more short tracks or you want more local tracks, you want your local tracks back open, then you need to be doing everything you can to support NASCAR and support those decisions and get new fans out watching NASCAR. So then those fans will want to come to the local track or get their kids involved in racing and continue the growth of it that way. Sitting around on your couch, bitching to your neighbor about it isn't going to, isn't going to change anything and it isn't going to get the local tracks back open anytime soon. Well, one thing, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. I just said amen to that. Amen. And one thing I'd like to see, Don, yes, people should support NASCAR and everything, but NASCAR needs, the drivers need to support the local tracks. Like I used to love the program that they used to have where they, and Matt, you probably remember at San Antonio Speedway a couple of years when Frank Howell had the track, they brought in the NASCAR drivers and did the race of champions where the guys came out to the track. I, I don't know. We, I don't know. That, I think that was before me. Okay. That might be before your time. Well, we had Rusty Wallace, Michael Waltrip, uh, Terry Labonte. Uh, all these guys came to San Antonio Speedway, got in local cars and did a little race at the track. I love that. I don't, I wonder though, if, if that would be, Something that is able to be done though now nowadays because yeah. of how the schedule and stuff is. But I would I would totally be for that. Like retired drivers and stuff could totally pull that off, or part time drivers or whatever could totally pull that off. And I think people would be just as excited to see a Ken Trader or a Mark Martin or somebody come out, you know, well, to the local track and do it. You know, these days as they would, you know, I think they'd be more excited to see them than they would to see some current Cup drivers. I mean, personally, so. <laughs> I mean, you're getting cup drivers and, and and then you get Haley Deegan out there. You get retired drivers that are going to these local short tracks. Yeah. And those are sold out. There is nowhere to park. There's nowhere to sit. It's standing room only. Right. But yeah. again, the key is, is to that you got to embrace each other. Why would drivers, why would these cup drivers want to go to tracks where people, you know, where other drivers and stuff do nothing but bitch about them? You know, why do you want to go be a part of that? You want to go, you, you want to go where you're wanted and, you know, where you're supported. So that's why I think you've got to work hand in hand. It has to go both ways. But I mean, again, I feel like the respect really needs to be there on the local level. You know, I mean, in the end, aren't all local guys really, I mean, at one point you're, you've got a dream, you want to be a, <laughs> You know, you can't tell me that there's local guys that go local racing that all they've ever wanted to do is just be a local racer. No, everybody has the dream of I would love one day to be able to be making money doing this, you know, and and not it just being a fun little hobby, um, you know. So, I mean, I don't know where that like the it's lost in translation at some point, <laughs> you know, like nope. I've, I've got to hate the guys that made it, you know, I mean, no, no. Well not even that it's the want to and the drive and the determination you got to want it you got to have the drive to back it up and you got to be determined because it sucks it's a hard road to get here yeah well you're a perfect example of that last thing is uh you know look at yourself you know you you got to where you are because it started all at a local track you love to go to the races and you had an interest in it and you had a desire to to do this and and You've been successful at it, and and I applaud that, you know. But thank goodness for local racing because you probably wouldn't be where you are right now without having to have that start, you know. That's exactly right. If it wasn't for my dad taking us to San Antonio Speedway in 2004, I would have never figured out about NASCAR. You know, you grow up in South South Texas, football's king, and that's all you know, you know. And then you find out there's other things outside of football, and heck, 
it took over my life. It consumed my life and it still does to this day. Wow. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And for all those guys that came in there to uh, saying hi to you, Matt, they need to, they need to know that, you know, you, I mean, the plan is, is for you to come on you and Philippe Lopez and others to, to come on every week with us if possible. You know, it's, it's, it's about just your schedule, you know, and, and getting on with your schedule. And this week was just kind of weird for us with weather and stuff going on. But um, Matt it plans on being on with us quite a bit. And I know Philippe hopefully will join us. So I love that we have our little San Antonio connection thing going on. Speaking of that, before I get your guys, oh, oh no, let me, well, and it's always hard to, to ask Matt, Matt, give me your picks. Cause you're just like how Philippe was when he was with whatever teams he was with, he would always have to pick his people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but go ahead, Matt, since you're the guest, who's your picks for this week? Uh, your, your, who you pick it for the win, your long shot, and your really, really long shot. What? We doing all three series. No, no, no. Just cup. Oh my God. We'd be all night if we were doing that. Yes. What? Uh, <laughs> cup. I'm going to have to go with uh, Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe is your pick. Okay. Who's your long shot? JJ Yelly in the 15. <laughs> <laughs> well, then who's your really, really, really long shot? <laughs> i don't even know ryan priest okay i like ryan ryan's a good dude and it doesn't have to be like i say really really long shot but it doesn't have to be somebody that's like you know a really really long shot you can pick like normal people too (laughs) it's like i said the pit road got moved to the back stretch now Mm -hmm. that is going to waste so much time but they did that for a reason. You can't have a pack race just coming out of four and dive bombing it on pit road, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be thinking about it. It's 45 miles an hour. You're going to waste time. People are going to get um, antsy. So be looking out for speeding penalties. You know, that's a drive through. That's You're going to go a lap down if that happens. It's going to be fun. It's going to be so down, much fun. Down two laps at that rate. Do you remember the track really well after before they reconfigured it? At, oh, at, oh yeah. Okay, so back in uh, two thousand, I don't know, twelve or thirteen, I took a, I was out in Atlanta, took a tour of the facilities, and this this old guy, uh, not this lady, that was in Vegas uh, that time, but this old guy in a fifteen passenger van took us around Atlanta Motor Speedway. To, and I mean, he was hauling ass, going almost 100 miles an hour in a 15 passenger van. And he he uh, came down off of uh, turn three and four on on pit road there. And man, it was you come down and almost wham, boom, yeah. And he was showing us how. Now he wasn't going that fast when he was going on pit road, but there was a big drop off. And I remember it just you were really kind of like through you. Uh, I know the track is a little bit different, but is it still pretty hard? Is it still hard to get off uh, out of three and four to, to get on pit road there? Like, is it like that? Yeah, of course. You know, when you have that, that upward rise of the banking back yeah. down to the flat part of the racetrack, I mean, it's going to be a significant, significant thing, especially if you pay attention during the races. Um, if a car spins out during the corner and then on the bottom facing up at the banking, I mean, you can really tell where and how, steep that corner is even on something as you're exiting i mean it's still a significant amount 
So let me ask you, you said it a little bit earlier, just repeat it again this weekend. Turn three, in turn three is where you're going to start entering pit road? Yep, and entrance of turn three is where, where pit road entrance is going to be. And you got to be between that cone. Do <laughs> so, you know what the pit road speed is going to be? 45 miles an hour. Ooh, there's going to be some penalties. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. People are going to get antsy. <laughs> there's going to be some penalties, and people are going to be smelling a, a lot of uh, burnt rubber, I have a feeling, because uh, <laughs> there's going to be some some cars getting locked up there, I think, coming onto pit road quite a bit. So um, that'll be fun. Drivers, make sure that you're paying attention. Hand signals, anything that you can. You don't want to get run over. Yeah. It's going to be fun. And how many how many tires do you think uh, predicting are we going to see go rolling off of pit road this week? <laughs> I don't know why. I just feel like I just feel like this move, everything is going to like you just said, I mean, it, it's going to throw everything kind of off. And so I just have a feeling that we're going to have some loose tires and all kinds of shenanigans. I'm going to go out with uh, the old number two. That's where we're going <laughs> to go. Two of them. <laughs> Mike, who are you picking? Who's your pick? Well, let me say just something real quick. Uh, in the chat, uh, Ma- Matthew, uh, John Beasley says he hopes to see you at TMS at the next cup race. So, Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Okay. <laughs> All right. So my pick, Don, I'm going Logano for the win. Uh-huh. My long shot is going to be uh, Bubba Wallace. And my uh, really, really long shot, I'm going to go um, I'll go Chase Briscoe. Okay. All right. Um, well, I was going, I, I really wasn't, I, I thought about Logano there for a minute, but you know what? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go Homer here, but he's had some, a, a few incredible weeks. I don't know what's going on over there at RFK, but I'm going to go Brad Keselowski. He's been running really, really well in that six car. Um, so, and Atlanta used to be a track that he really, really enjoyed racing at. So I will say Brad Keselowski, my, uh, dark horse will be Ross Chastain. Um, cause I just feel like this is a good track for Ross. Um, and my really, really, uh, dark horse, um, Mike, I'm going to kind of agree with you. I'm wearing the shirt. I'm going to say 2311 racing and I'm going to go Bubba Wallace. Cause I know that this is a track that he will do. He, these are the kind of tracks that Bubba has been having a lot of success at. So we'll see. So that'll be my three picks, uh, Brad, Ross and Bubba. That, those are all three, uh, like Homer picks for me right there. Tires, you made me put out there. How many tires are coming off? Oh, okay, Mike. How many tires do you think? Uh, oh, I don't know about tires. I was look, looking at a comment. John John Beasley says the closer number four. I guess that's going to be his pick. All right. And did you see that they're going to bring back the twenty nine car for Harvick too? Uh, Stuart, Stuart Haas is bringing back the twenty nine uh, just to you know so he can pay homage to it, which I think is a cool thing. I really do. I like that. I wish they'd bring back the 29 that had the three on the side of it, too. Do you remember that in the little black circle? Yeah. yeah. That was I cool. That would be really, really cool. So I um, forgot about that. Okay. I'll say three. I'll say three. We lose three tires. I'll just go I'll one say, more. I'll say uh, four. So you're going to say four? I figured you say one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Gosh. Four. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, four tires come off. That's a bad day. <laughs> so Matthew, uh, you know John's saying uh, the the closer number four. I almost picked him as my uh, my pick for the week. 
How how close are we to have uh, Harvick or Amarola get a win here? Uh, do you do you think? Um, You're right there. They're knocking. Yeah, I think so too. Knocking, ready to go. You know, if you didn't have that's the hard part, right? It comes down to pitch strategy and what everybody's going to do. Um, you know, the leader is always going to be, you know, the first pick, and then everybody's going to do the opposite. So, I still think and four tires was the right move, but obviously it didn't pay off in the end because everybody else took two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shoot. I just remembered and I, I, we need to go. I, I know we need to go. We need to wrap this up, but I just remembered something that's too important to wrap because it's one of those things, you know, it's just one of those things that just irks me. Um, kind of like some of the other drama that we've talked about today, but one of the other things this week, and I just, I, again, it's one of those deals where, if it was, let me see, William Byron who did it, it wouldn't be a big issue, but it was Bubba Wallace. Did y'all see this controversy crap online where, I, well, Matt was working at the time, but Mike, so during the broadcast, they, um, the pre-raised broadcast, Danica and Clint and Mike Joy and them, or, or, or not Mike Joy, I guess it would have been Chris Myers probably, were down on uh, pit road talking to drivers and stuff and they were interviewing Bubba and I guess when Bubba finished you see him reach behind Danica and I believe what he was doing was I think he moved her her mic cord or something was caught and so you see him kind of like grabbing at it and he does it like twice and then like he leans in and then I, I don't know but they were playful and you know like kind of pulling on each other's so, well, he gets all this back. Like, can you believe he's allowed to like, you know, why is he touching her ass or doing this? Or do, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, if Danica, if Danica didn't come out and say something and Danica is not somebody that's not going to say something if she has an issue with something, you know, I mean, if she had a problem, I've seen her slap people in ambulances. Wouldn't it willpower that she slapped or who was it that she slapped? Remember that Mike in IndyCar? Yeah. Um, I have a feeling if she, you know, felt something was inappropriate, she would have let Bubba know uh pretty quickly so but again it was just i'm not even joking with you on it, it was all over social media there i'll have to find it and send it to you but i just couldn't believe it i'm like are you people are you really reaching that much every week that you're trying to find something <laughs> they have better to do it's all it is well obviously i don't have anything better to do because i find this shit and i read it so um, well that pops up but people nitpicking and blah 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 blah, blah like just grow up stop yeah Amen. Really. Amen. thank you thank you so all right Amen. guys well, best best of luck to you guys this weekend in atlanta and good good to see you and congratulations on you and your fiance there and yeah when do you fly out tomorrow yeah wheels up at noon we gone all right well all safe right. travels to you my friend and uh and i'll and, see you at coda i'll come look for you perfect That'll and be then a good time. We'll talk before then. We'll we'll have him on before then, but you'll see him at Coda and then I'll see him a week later at Richmond. Yeah. Hey, did y'all see who's in the 15 at Coda? Huh? You see who's driving the 15 at Coda? No, who? Jensen Button. Oh. Oh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> That's right. We did. I talked about that last week. I forgot about that. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Oh, it's gonna, he's a great guy. Uh, pit practice the other day and had a lot of fun. He introduced, I mean, real uh, personable person. Asked us all of our names and 
you know, how everything was going and was really excited about learning a cup car. I like, he's Formula One guy, right? Yeah, he's a world champion. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I, I'm telling, I told Mike this last week, I am so down for the crossovers. I love it. I think it's great for all this. I mean, I, I absolutely love to see the crossover stuff with, with different guys and, and gals driving in different series. I love it. Yep. Yes, so. I am. All right, go get some rest, kiddo. We'll uh, we'll holler at you soon, and uh, we'll be watching you down there in uh, in in the pits there with uh, Cole and with JJ. Okay. Perfect. Sounds good. Y'all have a great night. All right, you too, Matthew. Thank you, and Mike. Uh, you any big plans this weekend? Uh, let's see uh, this weekend. Oh, uh, March Madness. Uh, my son is uh, in Denver covering uh, the Baylor Bears. They beat um, the team from Santa Barbara today from California, and um, they're going to play Crichton on uh, Sunday. And, and uh, March Madness is underway. I'm doing okay in my bracket so far that I picked. And um, so I'll be watching a lot of college basketball um, and hoping, you know, Baylor stays in it. I, I'm, I didn't go to Baylor, but my son is there now. And so kind of supporting the team. Your money is going to Baylor. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's writing for the college paper, The Lariat. Uh, he's sports editor, and they have a, two writers and a photographer they, that they sent uh, from the uh, university, sent to, paid for them all to go fly out there, and they're staying at the, in the, at downtown Denver there and everything. So uh, it's pretty cool. He, and hopefully if Baylor stays in it, then he'll go to Louisville, Kentucky the following weekend if they can beat, beat the Crichton on uh, Sunday in advance to the Sweet 16. Yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be really cool. If, and if, so if if they win, he goes to Louisville and doesn't get to go to Coda. If they lose, he'll be with me at Coda writing for racedaysa.com. So it's a win-win either way for him. Yeah. So, um, well, and and speaking of uh, basketball, um, I have to, I, I said it yesterday on Facebook, but I have to give congratulations to another very, very longtime friend of mine, my great friend, uh, who is the head coach of Texas A&M Corpus Christi's Islanders team. My uh, good friend, Steve Lutz, gone to school with yeah, Steve since no, Steve since fifth grade too. Uh, <laughs> and I'm so proud of him. I mean, he came into that program, I think it was last year and um, really turned things around. And of course, Steve, uh, for those folks that are from San Antonio, Steve, of course, is a product of East Central High School, uh, learned basketball, learned everything he needed to learn from the great Stan Bonowitz, played under Stan Bonowitz there at East Central. And I, I just, I, I love seeing friends of mine, uh, folks that I grew up with or and stuff, like we talked about Peggy earlier and, and, and all. I just, it's so cool. Uh, when you see people that you know, and and they, uh, I, I, I believe that one of their big uh, lead players, I think, got hurt in the first game, and they ended up making a comeback there and winning that one, and then um, ended up losing yesterday to number one Alabama, but play their hearts out. I mean, it really wasn't, I thought it was going to be a huge blowout. I think it was less than 20 point difference or right at 20 points or something, but they played tough all the whole game, so. Yeah, well, it's great to see a school like that make the the big dance. You know, just at least get to go uh, play. Yeah, it's absolutely. Great experience for those those kids. You know, they work hard. They work hard just as hard as any other team out there that's playing. And the opportunity that they get is just wonderful. Well, and it's good for those kids too, because I mean, a lot of times 
there's only so many D1 positions a lot of times at, at some of these big, big schools. And so sometimes it takes these kind of things, you know, you go to a little bit of a smaller school or less known school, um, but your talents get to be displayed on the big stage as well. And so a lot of times it opens doors to other schools, you know, I mean, sometimes, or, you know, you end up building a program, which hopefully this is what Steve's doing there. Um, you know, they're with the Islanders building a program that, I mean, look how many of these schools that we used to see that were uh, like Gonzaga and other schools like that, that started off as Cinderella stories. And now it's like every year you expect to see them there. Now I can remember 20 years ago, they were the Cinderella story. They're powerhouse college basketball programs now. Right. Exactly. So, um, all right, Mike, well, have fun. I think we're going to try maybe to casino it up a little bit, maybe hit up, uh, head on over to Oklahoma and go hit up Windstar. See if we can take some of their money for a little bit for our vacation. That probably will not happen. They'll probably end up taking some of our vacation money. Cutting <laughs> your vacation days short. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. You can't take it with you. You can't take it with you, right? So <laughs> go win a, a suitcase full of money and uh, and have fun on on your on your trip. So hopefully we will. So uh, we want to thank everyone once again for joining us. Uh, we went a little long this time, but Hey, you know, it is what it is. And we enjoy chatting with all of you. Thanks so much for getting into the chat room. I had fun with all these local guys getting in there with, with Matt and stuff. That's, that's good stuff. And uh, we love it. We invite more of you to, to come in and join us as we continue on throughout the season. Um, looking to Wednesday evenings at around eight, 8.30, in between 8 and 8.30 is what we're shooting for every Wednesday. So um, we will put out, we'll, we'll start putting out stuff though earlier in the week to let you know when we'll be there. And of course, make sure you go to tracksmackradio.com and my, uh, or racedaysa.com and you can check out the Smackcast and stuff there and all of Mike's NHRA stories, as well as NASCAR and IndyCar stories there as well. Mike, thanks so much. Have a great weekend and we will talk to you guys later. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.